Hi everyone. I'm Navya. I'm Mamata. Ritu. And we're an acquired taste. So, an acquired taste is a new podcast that we're starting. I mean, it's our only podcast, but we've decided to start a podcast because we always have these conversations at lunch and we talk about societal issues, controversial topics as well as taboo topics Political and issues. Basically yeah, everything. everything. And we wanted to have some sort of platform where we can talk about this where it's shared with everyone, where we can actually have our perspectives and our voices be heard and that people can take away something from it. So we thought, what better way to do it than a podcast? You know, you can listen to this while you're already pre-engaged in something, you know, just as something that can benefit you, whether you're just busy exercising or cooking something, you're learning at the same time. Just some, a little something to give you a thought here and there and something to think about and discuss with others. So an acquired taste. In the beginning, you might not always like something or understand or appreciate. It could be a concept or a topic. But slowly, as you begin to be exposed to the issue more often and begin to slowly understand it, you begin to appreciate it and perhaps like it as well. Yeah, I mean, we decided to have a food-related title because we do have our lunch table talks. And it's very similar to food, like just like with um, food. Like, for example, I didn't like sweet in my savory food, and then I started trying it, and now I actually really like it. So we want to show the same thing, that, you know, we want to bring up topics, perspectives, and ideas that you might not have heard before or you might not necessarily agree with. But maybe upon time hearing them again and again, maybe you'll feel differently about them, and that's all we'd like to do. But it's also the other way around as well. Maybe something that you might have looked up to, appreciated once. As you slowly face different perspectives, you come to realize and understand that it is just not right or accepted or should not be appreciated. So I hope that at least gave you a little insight into why exactly we named our podcast an acquired taste and with it like the name i hope we can give you some perspectives to help you acquire a new taste for the topics we discuss and like we discussed at lunch we always have some sort of stimulus material that helps us um sort of streamline our topics or our discussions it propagates them further and those could be you know quora articles movies tv shows any sort of popular culture that we've seen but also our personal experiences anything to sort of jumpstart a discussion and help us reflect and learn on something that maybe we don't even know ourselves we can educate each other so that's what we use as a base to begin our discussions Oh, and that reminds me, I have a Quora article. Oh, I'm excited. So basically, <laughs> so basically, I read this one Quora article where the question was originally, what is the most baffling thing a teacher has ever done to your child? And in it, the parent noticed that her child came home with less hair, generally, like hair on the head or eyelashes. And she asked the child if something was wrong, and the child replied saying, no, it's nothing just tossed it aside. And then later when the mother went to pick up her child from school the next day, she noticed that her child was plucking out her eyelashes to a point where the child was bleeding. And there was a teacher standing right next to the child, yet doing nothing. And when the mother went up questioning the teacher, like, my child is hurting herself, why aren't you doing anything to stop her? The teacher just said, oh, it's nothing, it's just child's play. But the thing is, later when the mother went to the doctor to get the child checked out, they understood that it was a medical condition. 
Yeah, I, I've actually, uh, I used to go to school with someone who had a condition like that. And it was pretty serious because um, the child would have to be controlled from not being able to constantly pull their heads. And the teachers did play a big role into that because you had to make sure that their hands were sort of securely placed so that they weren't inclined to just pull their head out. In general, I think teachers for students especially play such a big role because we spend so much time around our teachers, right? And they do, uh, you know, influence a huge part of our lives. So it's like when a teacher isn't doing, you know, something that they should be doing, like, for example, identifying a problem in a child, it kind of affects the child in a negative way. Like, I think there was a story once where a child overdosed at school and was sleeping, but the teacher thought, oh, she's just tired. And so let's just let her sleep. And then in the end, she didn't make it because of the fact that nobody woke her up. Yeah, and that's not to bash on any teacher or, you know, there could be any reason. Maybe the teacher felt like, let's let the child sleep today. Maybe she seems tired. We can't blame it, but it's just the the way things happen. You start to realize the impact and the power that a teacher has. The power that a teacher has because, you know, of course, as we do grow up in our households and our um, home environment, we're also in school for such a big part of our lives and whether it's at school that's college that's even play school anything but it's such a it really does shape who we are whether it's um it's from where what school we're studying in or what school board we're studying in what kind of content we're learning and being accustomed to but also just who is teaching us yeah and who we're surrounded with including friends because our friends grow to be as big as our families right and we treat them with almost as much love and care. So when we associate with so many people that are usually from school, it's like they play such a big important part that if your school environment is not healthy, a lot of things in your life won't go like perfect. Uh, I feel like I can really relate to this situation and I'm pretty sure it applies to many other people as well. So when you're in a when you're brought up in a family, from a young age or until a young age, you're just surrounded by family members and you tend to adopt the way your family thinks and learn what they teach you. But as you go into a school life, it could also be considered as a second home as well. So as you go into your school life, you begin to see perspectives that you've never faced before. And you also begin to develop perspectives that you may have never thought of in your own household. Sometimes when you take those newly developed perspectives back home, Your family doesn't always agree. So sometimes I actually wonder, how am I meant to deal with this situation? Yeah, because I think everyone has their own different, like, families. And when you share that with one another and realize how different these are, sometimes you wonder, oh, is my family supposed to be like this? Or is the other person's family supposed to be like mine? And I think that actually helps you develop your own sense of individuality. That what is my take on this? Now, because especially a lot of our views on things are sort of... um, I guess, conditioned by our family, we're used to hearing things, you know, whether that's a political stance or whether that's just, you know, moral values, but we take them from our family. But, you know, what if one point we realize that, you know, I actually disagree with this. I'd like to, it's sort of like how some, um, some people decide to convert their religions or switch to atheism because they said, yes, I grew up with this, but my personal belief is something else. And I'm going to pursue that instead. Yeah. I actually read a Quora article on that. So basically, um, a single mother was raising two children and was expressing that was expressing her belief that her children could choose what sexuality they wanted to be what uh, what religion they wanted to follow and even though it was the most wildest for example one of her children adopted some vampire type religion and 
hearing that right now might sound a bit baffling, but it was pretty nice to um, see how people respect other people's decisions. And I'm pretty sure that child might not have continued to be under a vampire religion, maybe after understanding better. But still, respecting the child's choice, I feel like plays an important role that makes the child understand that their opinion matters as well. But I also think that um, if the mother was saying something like this, um, if it's not backed up with uh, proper exposure to all of these things, now you can't say, please pick your religion, go do your own research. You know, maybe exposing the child, letting them go to different, uh, you, you know, sort of take them to a temple, take them to a church, um, really familiarize them with what each religion preaches, or just give them an idea because. I mean, it also depends on how old the kids are, but if you want to sort of give them this freedom, you also need to educate them before they make their choice. Yeah, because if, for example, a child goes out and says, oh, I want to be an atheist, and that's simply because they see things in the media saying that, oh, like, atheists are amazing, we should be all atheists. It's like sometimes you, the child at that point might not know what's right for them personally. Because if they're a person who's grown up with a religion and they do appreciate their religion and like following that, they shouldn't change just because that's what the media says is good. Isn't that the bandwagon effect? Yeah, that is. And so what I'm saying is that a person should be able, like Navya said, to understand all their options before they do make a decision. Because at a young age, if you're just given all these options, you don't know what to do and you kind of get lost. Yeah, and I mean, this is a random example, but it's just from the smallest things. So when it comes to school and we have to decide on a project and we have to come up with a topic, we usually say the most difficult part of this project is deciding a topic. So in order to really set the path for this is how I'm going to be progressing, because then you have a sense of security. Yes, I know that this is what I'm doing. Similarly, your parents need to help you sort of set a path and not just your parents, your school as well. And that's why it's so important, because that is what is shaping us to be who we are and choose our paths. That's really true, but I just realized that the instance of choosing a school, like, you know how you said that um, the child should be exposed to different uh, to different experiences? If you're talking about a school, for example, a particular school board, it's difficult for a parent or a guardian to expose a child to different school boards. And they have to make a decision on what board the child has to go to. So what can you decide is the best option to choose when there is no scope to having multiple different experiences. I think that um, also corresponds with, you know, how parents look into what community to stay in, what area to stay in, because now we're bringing in a third factor. So we're not just influenced by our family and our school. We're also influenced by the friends we make and the people we live with in our neighborhood and our community. And I think that, say, for example, at least for me, how I have the knowledge of what other boards are like is because I have friends in other boards and I talk to them about what they learn. But if I wasn't in the situation where I had the like the availability of people around me who could offer me this insight, then it would be an issue. But the thing is, everyone can't guarantee this. But at the same time, if one person gets some information, they tell their school friends, and then it sort of spreads that, yes, this is how it is in different schools and different boards. Because, again, the parents do have a lot of power in their hands when they say this is the board. My parents decided to put me 
in the IB board because I moved here from an international location and that's why they thought that was better. And then I just look back and say, you know, if they had chosen something else, how different I would have been in terms of who I was. Yeah, because obviously it's not feasible to go and be a part of every single board and just like rotate every year. But I think a lot of people, what they've done is if they've realized a board is not right for them, they have changed over the course of time within a few years. But even I, we all are a part of the IV board. And I do think, like Navia said, it is a huge part of who I am now because a lot of the experiences that I have and a lot of the information and knowledge I was exposed to comes from being an IV student. One more thing which I've noticed is that being an IV student plays a huge role. But not only that, but the batch that I was joined into, for example, played a huge role. If I joined a school into one grade above mine or into one grade below mine, I'm pretty sure I would have been a totally different person. Yeah, like for me, I used to be in a grade lower and then I got bumped up a grade, right? And now that I have some classes with those students who are a year younger than me, I just think back to how different it would be if I was with that grade. Because all my friends would be different, my teachers would be different, my experiences would be different. Like all my learning would be different in all types of aspects. And I can't imagine how much that would change me as an individual. Yeah, and I know Avitu um, talks about the butterfly effect very frequently, but think about that because, you know, we don't really take much time out to look in retrospect and say, yes, if this one thing hadn't happened, how different would it have been? But just stop for a second. If you're listening right now, stop for a second and think about if maybe you hadn't been in a specific school, if you hadn't been in a specific grade, how would you be or what would you not be, you know? Yeah. Like, for example, you can take this podcast itself. If I was in a grade below, I wouldn't have been close friends with Mohita or Navya. And we wouldn't have been sitting in lunch every single day together talking about stuff. And this podcast would have never existed. Yeah, and like, it's it's really small things. Like, for example, if I wasn't jumping around and playing like an idiot back in sixth grade, <laughs> I wouldn't have broken my arm and then realized I wanted to be a doctor. Like, who knows? That's really powerful. I mean, you know, we all yelled at her then saying, you know, what's wrong with you, Momita? You have to be more careful. Well, this is a mistake. You, I mean, I was very angry with you. But, <laughs> but like, look at that. Look at her now. And I think that... One more thing is she broke her arms two times. If I hadn't broken my arm, I really don't think I would have thought of being a doctor. Because before I broke my arms and spent so much time in hospitals, I never really realized that that was what I wanted. And now for five years, I've been like, I want to be a doctor. <laughs> So it's a really beautiful thing. I mean, I, I like to think about that because, I mean, just imagine how different things would be. I am always amazed by that. Yeah. So before I came to India, I lived in the UK for nine years. And I'm pretty sure if I would have stayed in the UK, I would have had different university choices, different career choices. Okay, as of right now, I don't even have a particular career choice I want to go forward or even a particular undergraduate major choice but I think that's just me on my path just exploring different options but if I was in the UK I don't think I would have been this open-minded and I think the board also played a huge decision but I don't think I would have been this open-minded to explore all my decisions I guess I would have just taken the one which is most prominent 
Yeah, and also I think that when we're talking about, you know, looking back onto how little small things could affect us, a lot of times people only look at the negatives and how things could have gone right if they changed like small things. But sometimes we forget to appreciate how amazing things are for us because of those small decisions that we made. I think that's beautiful. I think that is so beautiful. <laughs> Seriously, the butterfly effect is I truly strongly believe in it. Yeah, because like for example, my cousins came over and they lived in America and so do I. So they still live in America. And the thing is even though I moved here 8 years ago, that just gave me 8 more years to live in India and gave me a complete new set of experiences that I wouldn't have had if I stayed in America this entire time. So we went to like my great grandmother's village for the holidays and just seeing how I had so many experiences in that village and I remember spending time with my family or with other people from our village and not being able to see and seeing that my cousins weren't able to do that it was kind of a sense for me to like appreciate what i had with my family and it's like even though at first i completely resented moving here i come to realize that you know there are a lot of things that have come good to me because i moved here And I think um an interesting double perspective to that would be because you're now taking your experience and looking at it in a positive way but we're also saying that if this was me I wouldn't have been gaining these experiences but another positive on their side could be because we've been here for so long we have the sense of community with ourselves and our cousins yeah. because that's something I I was talking to someone about it yesterday and I I didn't really think about it that way because I always look at my life experience and I said I'm so glad I've been moving around my entire life because it's really shaped me but at the same time I got to come across the perspective of togetherness and living in one area and how that sense of community and that sense of belonging is so powerful and strong so i think i mean it's as long as you're thinking positive in your sense that yes this is my experience and you look at it in a positive way not like now i don't get to have a sense of community no but what do you get so it's not necessarily one bashing the other or anything it's just finding the good things in your life and it's also like um So this movie 13 going on 30 it's a really cute movie yeah. um and in that um uh the daughter she asked her mother and she said mom you know i've made a lot of mistakes in my life have you made mistakes and her mom was like of course and she's like well don't you regret making these mistakes and her mom's like of course not because if i didn't make these mistakes or like she said she basically just asked would you take them back or just not do them at all and her mom was like you know if i never made these mistakes i would never learn and i would just be that person who didn't learn and but it depends like what type of mistakes like you can't really excuse every mistake you make saying that you've learned something from it because sometimes mistakes are not always justifiable of course yeah in the sense it probably just means like maybe something that shaped her into be a better person like a smarter more educated person but yes of course you cannot justify every single mistake you know you go and murder someone can't say it's a mistake yeah. but um i mean i guess when you look at mistakes on the sort of moral scale like i was not educated enough so i made a mistake i hurt someone i became better like that but of course yeah if we go into the whole what is acceptable and not that will be a whole ethical discussion which could yeah. be another podcast topic Episode. yeah yeah i mean everything is a learning experience but only if you choose to reflect on it yeah. i think that's something i realized a bit later on in my life when school would always be like reflect reflection segment reflections i was like what is the point of this this is so boring but i think it's really important because 
you only really think when you look back and you're like, okay, so this is what happened and this is what I take away from this experience. Because you'll have experiences, but you can't say that every person in this world has shaped into a better person because what if they didn't reflect on those? So that's also something that we would say is definitely important. Yeah, and thinking of Ivy again, Ivy really does push the concept of reflection because I remember ever since I joined in fourth grade, it's constantly reflect, reflect, reflect. And it keeps on getting a little bit more into my head every year. But I remember like we had an English teacher back in 10th grade and he would constantly say that the most important thing to take away from Ivy is the concept of reflection. And then again, we had an orientation on the first day of 12th grade. And I remember our teacher was talking to us about reflection and how important it is. And as I was thinking about it, after all these years, it, it hit me again that reflection really is so important because I have thought back on so many things that have happened in my life and changed myself accordingly. Even if it, in the beginning, it wasn't like completely with my awareness, I did it subconsciously. But now it's become a thing that I do constantly and it makes me a better person. Yeah, just to add on to what you were saying, I think that even when our board um, sort of highlights the concept of reflection, it's really important that we use that to our advantage because if we say that, oh, we just have to reflect for the sake of it, like that's something I used to do as a, a younger student. But now I just use that time productively and say that this is something that's actually helping me. And if you just, I think if you just choose to look at everything in your life in the positive way, it really does help you lead a better life because I used to be a very negative person. I used to take things in the negative way, but now I'm just very happy that I sort of look at the positive in every situation. Yeah, in terms of positive thinking, I watched this movie recently called About Time. And so the main character in that is a time traveler and so was his father. And his father basically tells him one thing. If you're going to use your time traveling, do this. Live your day thinking about all the same worries that you do all the time. And then go back and relive the same day another time. But look at it from a brighter side and think about all the sweet things that are there in that day. And so he does that. And he realizes, despite all the things he stresses about or the things he worries about throughout a day, when he goes back, he'll find all the smaller things that are there to appreciate. Because in life, a lot of times, we only look at the problems and we don't think about all the advantages and all the things that we have to appreciate. Okay, so that makes me want to talk about two things. One is that um, we're talking about reflecting, but let's say we take it to a little larger scale. Like let's say someone goes to prison. One person might seem something as wrong while the other doesn't. And the law defines something as wrong, but not everyone may agree with it. For example, I think until recently as well, um, in India, the LGBTQ being, community was illegal. Yeah, being, being homosexual was a crime. Specifically. Yeah. So homosexuality was illegal in India and it was considered wrong under law. But does that really mean that homosexuality is wrong? Yeah, because I feel like the thing is, the society is constantly changing, but it's not like it's feasible to change the law every single day and renew it even though society is changing so things that you know we consider to be completely illegal before aren't anymore and there's different things that change but we have to kind of adapt and it's not always feasible to adapt constantly which is why we get so much discrepancy between the law and society i also want to add on that um we were talking about this off mic earlier but um it's also about how 
a criminal or a person that has a chance to reflect they don't necessarily want to reflect or they're not necessarily seeing their actions as bad it's just that you know this is what i did and that's fine you know why should the law define how i feel and that reminded me of a documentary i saw and i want to talk about it here today um where it was a correctional facility for minors who had committed crimes and um they were just following around some of the minors who were in for assault and um, sexual assault and battery charges and um they were talking about how like they've really changed and they would really like to go back and um you know be with their family members and i was reading through some of the comments in this um documentary and everyone was saying you know i feel like this is they're acting really like there's something really uncanny about all of this it's just like as if they're sort of manipulating the audience so you say wow this person's really reflecting they can you can see the change but what if they just go back to the same behavior again what if they just say okay a camera's filming me i have to bring my sob story on that yes being here has changed me for the good but you know i don't actually think what i did is bad and i'm going to go back sooner and do the same thing again the law can't define me like that's when you're like okay they're fooling you with reflection how do you know that reflection even if you're promoting it because you're at a correctional facility that is what they promote but how do you know to what extent is it like actually being implemented yeah, and so there was also a show recently. Uh, it's called Euphoria, and so they do show yes. similar aspects. But what they show is what happens afterwards as well. Like you said, if a person goes to a correctional facility, you can't be one hundred percent sure that they will be clean from whatever they were doing, like in the future. Yeah, and she does go back to she it. She does go back to it, and then they show the negative effects and how horrible it is, even though you do go back. So in that, um, the main character is an a drug addict. And so um, she goes to rehab, but then as soon as she comes out of rehab, she gets back into drugs. And so when you see all the negative that it does in her life, even after getting back into it, and not just to her, to her family, to her, her friends. family, her friends, to everybody, it kind of like shows you a little bit more how even though what the media pushes as like, oh, you could just go to rehab and you'll be fine. That's not the truth. You have to work hard. And when you actually see the consequences of, you know, what it's like to fall back into it, even after going to rehab, I think that gives a bigger impact on the society. So there are many loopholes in law. Like for example, sometimes people get away with acting as a model prisoner, but and getting off early on probation. And even though probationer officers look back and keep check on each prisoner, let's say, there are still loopholes in that because they're not always under surveillance. And once again, this law is again written and made by human beings. And we don't know how biased it could be or... So, like, yeah, what you said. The thing is, because humans do make the law, it's like each person is different, right? And if a set of people consider what they find normal or right or to be the law, it doesn't mean it's necessarily the same for everyone. Just like even as students or as, like, friends, we have our own each individual values and we have things that we stand for and other people have other things that they stand for. But how can we define that what we think is right and what others think is wrong? In the law, like the people who make the law, how can they say that this is right and the other things are wrong? Yeah. That actually reminds me of another case. So a particular country, I'm not quite sure in which country, but they had abortion labeled as illegal. So abortion was banned. And there was a woman who had immigrated to that country and accidentally became pregnant. And after that she went for medical checkups but found out that if she gave birth 
I mean, she was incapable to give birth. She was medically incapable. And this was diagnosed professionally by doctors. However, the country said that she it was not allowed to get an abortion because it was illegal. However, after the woman gave birth, she passed away, sadly. But only after this did the country make a change to their laws. And I think that that just speaks a lot about what we were discussing with reflection because, you know, like here, they realized their mistakes, they reflected on that and they made changes to their law. But here in the case where we talk about mistakes and the scale of this mistake is, you know, the cost of an innocent woman's life, then you think, you know, is this really acceptable? Like, of course, change in the positive direction and reflection is a good thing. But when the mistake is so large, you know, you just think that, you know, what's done is done this point is a harm like this is something that it's a limit has been crossed and you really can't take that back you can't take you can't give that life back to the woman and you can't undo the like the damage is basically done there yeah. which is horrible. which is also why i feel like when we're talking about reflection it's not only internal and personal reflection or even if it's like a country not only reflection within that country but when you reflect based on other people's mistakes or based on you know other things that have happened around you you can get a broader perspective and that just gives you the ability to you know make decisions before you make a mistake yeah and i think that that's what we also want to encourage within our listeners as well you know just to hear some different perspectives and some different views so you can you know look at things in a different way perhaps for the better okay and i think i said i had two things to talk about yeah so the second thing is when you're talking about reflecting on a smaller scale, I've actually experienced this where I realized that I was reflecting. So I kind of lightly used a term where I said, oh my God, my badminton racket is not in place. I think I have, I mean, I have OCD issues. But the thing is, that is not right. That was not the correct context for me to use OCD. And I've never been diagnosed with OCD. So I, I use that term really lightly. And after that, I really did not like that I said that. So I have reflected and made a conscious effort to make sure I never loosely lay out those terms again. But then I do notice people just lay these terms out really lightly. Like, oh my God, my phone is not working. I have depression or I lost my pen. I think I have anxiety. These words are just tossed around like they're common. Yeah. And I think that that's also very important for us to discuss, especially with our viewers right now, because, um, because these are not just any words they are you know say mental health diagnosis and when we throw them around it's sort of like we're making them a very casual thing and when someone actually does have this problem and they talk about it people just take it as a joke or like like if someone says i have anxiety this is making me uncomfortable they're like oh my god relax why are you getting so stressed and that's not nice because that can if you already have a mental disorder or a mental health issue and people around you aren't making you feel um loved and cared for and you just feel like whatever you're going through is being sort of trivialized then it's so detrimental for the person because we just throw these words around like candy, you know, like they're just tossed around. Yeah. Like even I'll admit, I've used terms like, you know, depression or anxiety and thrown them around as if they were nothing in my conversations like daily. And ever since Ritu mentioned it, I've made a conscious effort to make sure I don't use it because mm -hmm. I know it is wrong because when we say, when we throw these around as jokes 
and as we just like use them in casual language, it's taking a serious topic and making it not as serious. And it doesn't have to be with like necessary only illnesses or it can it can be with anything that could be like racial slurs or in any type of derogatory terms related to different communities. That actually reminds me of an incident um, where I was talking to someone. I, I noticed them using a racial slur and I asked them, I was like, are you aware that the word that you just used now is a racial slur? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, why do you use it? You're aware that this is not acceptable, right? And they said, well, at least I'm not using this word directly at the community to which it would offend. I'm just using it with my friends and it's not like I would ever use it publicly or to um, offend anybody or make someone feel bad. And that just made me think, you know, like, okay, they're not directly using this word with um, attacking someone or making someone feel bad. It's just for casual use. But to what extent is that acceptable? To what extent is it okay to throw around racial slurs with friends as well? Because then again, you're just making it a common thing to say, right? Like, what do you guys think? I think also, like, of course, people do use it within their friend groups, and sometimes they say it's okay amongst each other, but to a lot of outsiders, it might not necessarily be. And if a person who is a part of the specific community that is, you know, being used for those terms, they might not be as okay with it. And on top of that, I've actually seen in lots of situations where people within a community will use, like, slurs of their own community. That actually reminds me, Nava shared a video where a person or a group of people within a community use racial slurs, which offended their own community. So why is it that using racial slurs when it's about one's own community is all right, when it's not, when it's about another? Uh, that actually um, reminds me of a perspective I saw from a woman who said that, you know, I've noticed that a lot of people outside of my community are using a certain racial slur. Um, and the reason why it's not okay with the community is because when the community interchangeably, they use these words with each other, that's because this word highlights their oppression, their struggles, and everything that they have gone through as a community. And that's why they're okay with using that word around because they're like, we all have this common shared struggle that we have endured, that our ancestors have endured. And for any person who as outside of that struggle to come and just use the word that is what they say is unacceptable so they say that you know even if we are using it with us we still have that right but you do not have that right so i think that is their perspective that yes we do see them using the words as well but that's at least justified in that manner but as someone who has not experienced any kind of oppression then you think you know you can if you're not been oppressed you don't have any right to just throw around words like that. So I think that's the perspective on and that. Of course, at the same time, I'm sure other people would argue, if you guys can call yourselves that within the community, we should also be able to, or that's also, you know, not including. But again, everyone has their own perspectives. And the thing is that because of how complicated things are, you can't always expect everyone to be happy in the end. And it's I think just, that's why it's so important that, you know, we use this platform platform yeah we use this platform as um a way to just sort of introduce different perspectives you know the three of us we don't always agree we have different opinions and different perspectives on things but at least we can come together discuss them and really sometimes you can find a common consensus or sometimes you can take away something new so i think that that's what we would like to offer even though things can be confusing at times you're stumbled or just you're confused about how to go about the world and everything that's been going on but you know we hope that we can just sort of talk and expose unconventional ideas and just sort of more knowledge your way so that it can help you in a positive way
And we, I think, just hope to like shed some light on, in different ways and like show you a different sides of the same story. And maybe then you can also share that with you know your friends and family. And in the end, we'll just have a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different opinions as to how different topics are. And I think that's the most important thing: being able to see everything from everyone's view. Um, I've listened to many perspectives and many people's opinions and. A few of them I have understood and actually appreciated. Like, wow, people think in this way, and it really intrigued me. But some perspectives really baffled me, or I think there's a word called flabbergasted as well. And I just wondered, how can a human being think like this? Maybe not someone I know directly, but as a third person, understanding people through perhaps the news or through other Quora articles. But just generally, I was baffled. And similarly. As you might listen to my perspectives on this podcast, you might feel baffled as well. But this is all just an acquired taste. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our first ever podcast. We hope you enjoyed and took away some new and interesting perspectives. Feel free to share your opinions and views with us. And if there's any topic that you think we should cover or you'd like us to discuss about, feel free to let us know as well because we would love to talk about it. And please also do make sure that you give us all your opinions on whatever we've said, and just in general share what you think because that's a, a huge part of what we're trying to do—to share opinions all over. And you know, one day maybe that could be a new podcast episode as well as talking about your views. Yeah, of course, because we want to share whatever we can and whatever we have. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. <laughs>